What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of High and Wide Radio. I'm your host, Angry Jim. Here, as always, with my co-host, Jack and Kyle. Jack and Kyle, say what's up. What's up? <laughs> so tonight is our uh, free agency episode, with free agency being uh, about a week away. Uh, we have our free agency rumor expert, Chris Wassel, on the line to talk all the rumors. Chris, how are you, man? I think we talked about six months ago in February. How you been? Uh, doing great. Um, hey, anybody going to um, stop this rain? <laughs> Dude, it's, it's pretty good so, down here, man. I, I know. I, I went south today, and I'm like, the heck is this crap? It's all nice and dry down here. It's like, by me, it's like, you know, it's like a freaking, I got moats everywhere, you know, stuff floating that should float. So, <laughs> nah, screw it. Yeah, this is where it's at, man. I mean, you got good hockey down here. Up there, you're stuck with the Devils, you're stuck with the Rangers. I mean, nobody yeah, really... Yeah. <laughs> it's, a little, it's a little swampy. Yeah. Uh, I said six months, by the way. I mean, uh, as far as I know, February is only four months away, so correct myself right there. Uh, yeah, man, so let's, let's dive right into it. I mean, the Metro seems to be the division that's making all kinds of moves here. Um, the Flyers obviously have, have sort of reshaped their roster a bit. The, the Rangers made a big trade uh, last week. The Devils, you know, a couple days ago made some moves. Uh, what what kind of stuff are you hearing? And, you know, touch on some of the, these teams that have made moves. All right. So the, all right, the main thing here is one, one of the things in, in this division is that nothing stays the same. Everything everything is just constant change. So if you like chaos and you, and you like a lot of rumors, it seems like the, between the Metropolitan and, and oddly enough, the, the Central Division plus Vegas is, is where it's at. Uh, first off, you know, yeah, like like we said with the Rangers, um, they're on this sort of summer-long quest to get rid of Jimmy VC somehow. Um, been, a, been a few well-publicized um, tete-a-tetes between beat writers and, and, and some of the rumor guys out there uh, last few weeks about VC at least. And some of them been amusing and some of them have just been well okay you guys are just really it's a slow news day to the thing with vc is there's still about two or three teams that are interested the main one is still buffalo everybody's just waiting for some dominoes to fall basically in free agency for vc to actually move the more interesting guy is as always chris Kreider. Kreider has one more year on his deal everybody seems to think he's going to go eventually Nobody seems to know where it's it's been it's been quiet as far as the where it has not been quiet as far as the teams interested and their interest in Kreider. So as as much as as much as we like to give this juicy news scoop out, there's really not any with Kreider. Just that we're just waiting on them. You know, we're waiting on we're waiting on the Rangers brass to figure out what they actually want to do with him. They want to keep him. They want to let him go the entire year. Or if they just want to, it's interesting. Kreider's a pretty well, nice player. Well, yeah. Chris, yeah. I just wanted to ask because both players are relatively nice players, and uh, Kreider's you know he's 28 years old, so he seems like if the Rangers aren't really in it, which I don't know if they will be yet, regardless of the acquisitions they made, um, he's somebody you could trade at the deadline, but. VC is only 26 years old. Where's the like fire to trade him right away? 
I think the problem more is, is if you if you believe what people have said, not so much in the locker room, or if you don't believe Tony D'Angelo, uh, a lot of people don't. BC uh, has mentioned several times that he does not he does not like David Quinn for whatever reason. I don't I don't know if it's something that actually has some truth to it or not, but. You hear it once, and it's like, nah, you dismiss it. You hear it a couple more times, it's like, nah, you know, maybe it's not quite true. You start to keep hearing it um, sort of like the 2000s with Nicholas Bergfors, which seemed to go from team to team to team. Uh, it wasn't an accident. He really was a bit of his own head case in a sense and thought he was a lot better than what he was. VC has a little bit of that complex in him too, unfortunately. And... The reality is he's just not that good. No matter what the Rangers seem to do, he doesn't seem to fit in with their plans. So at some point, you got to think, even though, yeah, he's only 26, he also was in college for how many years? And sometimes these college guys just do not pan out. Sometimes they pan out spectacularly bad. They'll have the wound season where they look pretty good. It looks like they lived up to the hype, and then they just fall flat on their faces. And while VC hasn't done that necessarily, he hasn't helped himself either. Fair enough. Um, you know, I want to jump into it. I want to. I wanna, really want to ask you right away uh, because I've been thinking about it, and obviously we know you're a Devils guy. And uh, I want to ask you basically two questions that you could probably tie into one, and it has it has to do with we knew the Devils were going to get um, Jack Hughes. Uh, but we had heard those rumors, even knowing they were going to get him, we heard those rumors about Taylor Hall, you know, possibly wanting out, but really saying, you know, you better add to this team. Like, I want to win. And then they go and get Supont. So do you think that that's enough to keep Taylor Hall around? Or are they just trying to go for it in the short term? Because, you know, you, you figure Hughes can step right in. Where Where is uh, New Jersey at with all of that? Basically, this is like the ground floor. For for the for, the, I, I covered the draft party on Friday, which was nice because unlike the one two years ago, we all got poured on hard and, and ran around like ran around like drowned drunken rats. Um, yeah, it's it's always fun. You're, you're you're drinking and you get just absolutely you get wasted and then you get soaked all, all at the same time. That's uh, always it's, a good time. It's fun. That's a good. It's an inter. Time. It just makes you want to drink more, honestly. Yeah, Forget once it starts getting a little better. rainy, it's like there's no holding back from the sloppiness. Exactly. Now, thing, thing with Hall is, look, people have to take this at face value. He was not going to rush into this. Everybody knew he was not going to rush into this. Even Ray Shearer knew he was not going to rush in this. So, of course, the guys from the fourth period decided to rush into this <laughs> and, and make the story into the fact that, oh, well, Taylor Hall is really not interested in, in returning to the Devils. So his agent immediately comes out about five minutes after the story is posted. Well, this is complete and utter bullshit. Okay. Then Taylor Hall comes out and basically says in so many words, well, I haven't heard anything about this like this. And then Ray Shearer goes, well, that's a complete load of shit too. I mean, you know, it, just, it, it, just, it just sounded like a big giant crap sandwich. And that's just what it was. Uh, does Taylor Hall want to win? Sure. Does Taylor Hall want a better roster than what we saw last year? Oh, heck yeah. And the beginning is there. Um, you know, obviously, drafting Hughes helps. 
acquiring TK Subban for next to nothing. Hmm. Yeah, you can say that again. I mean, now, comparing that to the Braun trade, I think we're all ready to, to jump off a cliff out here. It, it, it was rough because I, I, I said to somebody, I was like, uh, even Friday night, I was like, we have, a, we have a framework of a deal in place for Subban, but nobody can say anything about it. And I'm like, why? It's like, the devil, devils don't want to announce Joe. So we have to shut up. You know, basically, that's it. You know, shut down, that's it. Just mention the fact that they're, Subban is at least interested, and, and that's that. Because they were waiting on, on knowing the cap. The cap that was that was the only holdup in the deal. And then, of course, you have a couple of players that accidentally almost slipped, um, which is yeah, well, anytime you deal deal with a a, a moving a moving trade runner uh, such as this. Um, are the Devils done? No. The biggest thing they they need after this now is a top six forward and a at least a second pairing left handed shooting defenseman at, at, at a minimum. Um, that would at least that would at least make a complement of of your forwards and defense. And then obviously there's always you know add, add some depth here and there and see see what fits and what what doesn't fit. Uh, well, how no comfortable doubt. how comfortable are they with their goaltending right now? Very, because of, of uh, Blackwood. Uh, Blackwood is a big. Dog. I, I look. It's funny you mentioned Blackwood because I was just I was just sitting there talking to him for about 35, 40 minutes on Friday night. Uh, he was actually he was actually he was actually tending bar at the Devils party. So, um, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like I said, nice nice enough kid. You know, you know, has had had his hard knocks in a sense. Um, worked, worked a lot. He was another another player that had a lot of problems with his groin early in his career, and, and managed to overcome that along with strengthening lateral movement and all that fun, boring stuff that no one wants to hear. Uh, but bottom line is, it's made him a much better goaltender, and last year it really showed. I mean, we, we hate to say, it, but he may be better than some guy. Eh, it'll be fun for the next decade. Mackenzie Blackwood. We'll just leave it at that. Um, I, I would not be surprised if Blackwood starts the majority of games this year by like a nose. Um, they still have Schneider under contract up there, right? Still have Schneider under contract. He'll probably play anywhere from thirty to thirty-five games or so. Um, looks he looks he looks much better now than he did even four or five months ago. Night and day difference. Yeah, as much as I'm not a Devils guy, that, that's kind of good to see because I was kind of a Schneider uh, Schneider fan as much as I don't like the Devils. Um, so it sounds like a similar situation except, you know, they have their guy. Whereas the Flyers, we have Carter Hart and we still need that guy. We still need that veteran goalie to kind of pair up with them. Um, switching gears a little bit, I don't mean to take away from, from the Devils because I know you love talking about them. There's a, uh, <laughs> There's a lot of stuff in this division. Yeah, are you here? that? <laughs> Go ahead, go ahead. Let's let's get with the juicy one. I'm dying yep. up here. What's going on with Columbus? Columbus is the great mystery of mysteries. I, I, I just read it today, funny enough, um, that basically you have a, a GM who has resigned to the fact that he's going to probably lose out on all three of his players, star players at this point. I mean, that there's, there, there is very little chance that even Duchesne signs with Columbus at this point, even though the door hasn't been closed yet. It just, it, 
unless unless Columbus really does go 10, 10 to ten point five million per year, I can't see it. I, I can't see Duchesne staying there with a team that's barely would be barely a playoff team at that point. Because look, Columbus is not a bad team even without Pan and Bobrovsky. They're really not. They have a lot of talent. They have a lot of prospect talent, which can easily step in. Uh, we saw it with Texier last year in, in the playoffs. The kid's a the kid's a little beast and, and very annoying to play, play against. As, so that as, as, mm-hmm. as I'm looking at it right now, um, Dzingo, Panarin, Dushing. Yeah. And then on defense, they're losing McQuaid. I don't really think that McQuaid's not, that big of a deal. But Vorinsky is also an RFA. Have you heard anything on him? They 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 are working on him right now. Um, that's that's at least the the message that I got from uh, a few of the select Columbus media, if you will, uh, Jeff Swoboda and company. Uh, I got got to thank them a lot because they've been on this pretty much from day one, and they've it's not it's not an easy step story to cover, especially when you you see the potential of your whole whole entire core of your team basically leaving in one fell swoop. Is Columbus that bad? Like, does is that crappy it's, of the city? I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Uh, I can tell you. Look, I, I I've been to Ohio a few times. I, I know I know their gas sucks. Uh, <laughs> well, I think I, I think I've had water in my gas at least two or three times there. Are you um, kidding me? <laughs> but all, all joke all joking aside, honestly. There, there's definitely a problem, um, and they don't sign at least one of these guys. You know, there's a guy in about three years that's a free agent that would be you consider maybe Columbus's best defenseman at this point already, and Seth Jones. Now he he has to be looking at all this and going, uh, do I want to be here? Remember, he's only remember Seth Jones is only 24, so. That's pretty rough. You you see huge chunks of your team going by the way, wayside. Uh, uh, not not an easy prospect. And yeah, you know, Wierenski probably resigns like a. No, it's a good question because Wierenski's so young. He could sign a four or five. He could sign like two bridge deals and get the free agency, or they could just you know, do a three to four year deal and then. Trying to buy some years off at, at say age twenty five, uh, but I know they're working on him extensively, and they're trying to figure out what to do with Ryan Murray as well. It, it almost was like a slam dunk that Murray was just going to be tossed by the wayside, but now because of everything that's going on, uh, they they may have to actually keep him. Uh, as strange as that sounds, so. Uh, yeah, Columbus by far and away is the ju- is the juiciest team by a mile. Also, one of the youngest teams in the league. Is, I mean, look, their 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 forward core is under twenty seven right now. To, Chris, just real quick on Columbus before we move mm-hmm. on to the next team, are they shopping Sonny Milano? They have been for a while, honestly. Wow. Okay. Yeah. They really yeah. they really have. They they've been trying to find a taker for him. And it's a shame. He's a good player. Just. What I don't understand, yeah. 
it's kind of like Connor. It's kind of like Connor Ingram from the Tampa Tampa Bay organization. Just doesn't quite fit in to mm. what was going on in Syracuse, and they just they didn't see eye to eye and just kept getting worse. And it was for the best to, to part ways. Not to start any rumors, but now start them, Kyle. Start them. Start them. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm curious. Does any of this have to do with John Tortorella? Or just management in general? I think it has to do a little bit with management in the sense that they probably had they had chances to sign Panarin and Bobrovsky last year, even the year before that, and they kind of basically in a roundabout way dropped the ball or, or puck. <laughs> I mean, their last offer to them wasn't terrible, but the fact that their first couple offers were so low. Um, you, you the opposite of what Scott Fletcher does. Yeah, yeah, the exact opposite. <laughs> I feel like for a city like Columbus, like they need to overpay though. They can't lo- be lowball on these guys, even if they, especially because they don't want to be there. Yeah, they had, they had, they had to go, they had to go high at first, and they didn't. They didn't with Borowski in particular. But look, to be honest. They had a reason not to go all that high with Bobrovsky. Look at the opportunities up until this year. Uh-huh. And then the start of the season, he, he was a wreck. I mean, you know, at one point you looked like you had Corpus Allo taking your run of games. And you had to go out and get Keith and Kate for insurance. But <laughs> thank God they didn't have to use him. Nobody <laughs> you know, wants Keith and Kate. Hey, real quick, I, I heard a, I, this is a rumor, I, I guess, but it's it's kind of been floating around, at least on Flyers Twitter. Uh, Matthew Shane, it's rumored that he's got a handshake deal already with Nashville. Is there any truth to that? I, I wouldn't say it's a, it's a deal. I would say it's more of a framework on a deal. So okay. that they have an idea of what, what price it will take, and they have an idea on what the term is, and... It's 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 close, but it's by no means sealed. Got it. And so, this is why we saw the. I mean, it must be pretty close. It's got to be why they moved Sapan. I mean, I'm sure they wanted to move him anyway. But if you're that close with Duchesne, and I'm sure that Terrace is another guy that Nashville wants to get rid of. But they've been. I've heard they've been on Duchesne pretty hard, and now that Sapan's moved for almost peanuts, you got to figure that's why. Yeah, they 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 needed they they figured they needed at least nine to ten million in cap space to sign yeah. sign Duchesne long term. Uh, we're sitting at thirteen right now. Yeah, yeah. So that that extra amount gives them enough. You, you figure, okay, I I need to sign X player, but I also need to probably sign a couple more players as well and have a little maybe just a, the tiniest bit of cushion left uh, in, in case something should go wrong. Or you want a, a fraction of flexibility going into the season, yeah. and remember too, they want they want to keep money in line for even next year for the Roman Josie inevitable extension as well. Because you got to figure he's on the last year of that contract that was just paying him four million a year, and yeah, that that took two years of free agency as well, which is nice. And you gotta think he's gonna get. A, at least what seven million minimum at a hometown discounted haven. Going to be a big get a San Jose special. <laughs> yeah, a bunch of players over thirty years old until they're forty. 
Yossi, Yossi's been criminally underpaid. I mean, to be honest, I was hoping that the Flyers could work out a deal to, you know, snag a guy like Sandheim or something for one of those deals and get him for like seven years and then a really reasonable deal, hoping he pans out because that's the ideal deal right there with Yossi. I mean, yeah, they're going to have to pay him now, but they had him for so long. It's so cheap. and He's been fantastic. Yeah, you got to think of all the reasonable contracts Nashville has and have, you know, particularly last year, managed to flub everything completely. Uh, you figure Forsberg, six, $6 million a year for three years is a bargain. Uh, uh, Arvidsson, four and a quarter million for five more seasons is ridiculous. Uh, yeah, here we go. You, you see Saros at just a million and a half for two more years. Yeah. That's pretty much unfair. <laughs> well, I look at a team like that, and it, that's why I get so frustrated with Fletcher. I see these deals and how it can open up cap space for you down the line and how he just throws top dollar at everybody, and it kind of makes me a little nervous because ideally that's what we wanted to do was develop our own talent, get them locked up, and Hexall was right. doing a pretty good job of that. You know, with you look at Couturier's deal and Bears deal, like – you know, regardless of how their seasons were last year, those are good contracts. For, you know, and now we're looking at everybody getting like top dollar, and it, you know these RFA's are asking for like legendary deals. It makes you nervous now. Like, you know, and um, so I'll just ask you now, like, what do you think about the Flyers' moves? Since you're, you know, you're the Devils guy, see what we're doing here with Kevin Hayes and signing our RFA's and trading Ryan Hartman. What, what do you? What does it look like from the outside looking in? For for me, it was a little. The the Braun deal was probably the one that perplexed me the most. Not so much the Hayes. You knew you're going to have to over. You knew you knew there was going to be an overpay for Hayes, and it was probably going to be even uh, uh, say about two thirds of a million more than what the you know right. There was a six and a half million dollar target basically for Mm -hmm. Hayes, and you figure okay, well maybe it stretches to around seven, even a hair above seven. It's not terrible. Um, You know. Probably the, probably the two things that, that people will kill with the Hayes deal is, one, the, the, the no-move clause. That, that's, that, 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 that one's rough, the stomach. And then the term. For three years, though, right? Yeah. The, the good thing is it's only for the first three years, but even any kind of no-move clause to Kevin Hayes is, is, is a dangerous proposition. Kevin Hayes, it's not an accident. Uh, the, the good thing is after the three years, there's a modified no trade. It's, it's, it's basically just a 12-team no trade list. And the, the other good thing, too, is two of the years, not surprisingly, one of them where there could be a lockout, uh, um, the, the, si- the signing bonus, is, at least, is not as punitive um, at, at that point as, as it is in year one. So, look, Hayes is a better better fit in Philadelphia than he was needless to say in Winnipeg are you going to have the slowest second line in the history of the NHL no are, are they going to like blow the barn off some line no they're not going to do that either um, but they're going to be darn effective once they have the puck at, at the very least and be able to create a boatload of chances so th- there's that at least yeah. Then, then you go through and you look at the rest of the team and go, okay, well, Travis St. I got a bridge deal. Uh, um, 
I'm not surprised at all. I figured I figured he he would be the one that would would get the bridge deal because of a few of the other contracts that were handed out. Um, yeah, and the fa- fact that you inherited Mac Niskanen's deal. Oh God, uh, I'm so sorry, but you guys didn't get that contract. <laughs> uh, I, I, I still I still can't figure out how you just couldn't find a way to play Gudis another minute to two minutes a night and get about the same same level of production. Do you think they're the, Do you think the level of production is the same? In a, in a bizarre way, yes, because one part of Niskanen's game outweighs Gudis's, and one part of Gudis's game outweighs Niskanen to the point where they basically cancel each other out. And in, when you look at it. You've got one guy making five and three quarter million a year for the next two years, and you had a guy that basically was making almost, you know, a little little more than half of that. In, in what and, way do you think Gudis Gudis's game outbalances Niskanen's? I'm just curious. Um, Niskanen, you could like basically blow over with with a puff of wind. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, mean if, I don't know if you've watched Radko Gudis in the last year or two. Well, Oh, I have. <laughs> his, his numbers aren't bad. I no, mean, yeah. For what it's worth, they're, they're limited, but they're not bad. I mean, considering he was only playing 17 to 18 minutes a night, and part of that was coach's choice. Um, would I like to see what he would have done at like 20, 20 minutes? Sure. Would it have been pretty? I don't know. But I can tell you one thing: 22 minutes of Matt Niskan in Washington last year was was a pretty damn ugly experience. And and I, I look at it this way. When you look at Gudis and the way he was deployed last year, he was deployed criminally high in his own zone. Yeah. And still held his own. I mean, his numbers are at. He's actually a full 1% above the Flyers' average as far as possession metrics. That's pretty good for basically being a 40% offensive zone guy. That's pretty good. I mean, it's it's nothing earth shattering, but it's effective, and that's that's what you needed in Philly, and you didn't get that enough, especially from their penalty kill. Niskanen isn't going to help you on the penalty kill. What he's going to do is he's going to help you move the puck up the ice, which is nice and all, but he doesn't generate anything like he used to. Um, the the scoring chances that he does create aren't anywhere near what. He could do, say, even two, two, three years ago, and and, and that's the concern. Uh, Niskanen's also a couple of years older. He, he's on he's on the other side, so to speak. Would you and still say that he's he's still a top four defenseman? He's on he's on the fringe. He's probably a four. Mm-hmm. To be honest, he's so, a four. From, from... Who did he play with in Washington? Hmm. That I'm not sure. Maybe uh, Carl is it? Was it Carlson that he played with? Uh, I thought Orloff played with Carlson. Uh, Orloff, with, especially late in the year, um, Orloff's numbers with and without uh, Niskanen were pretty interesting last year. Uh, or- Orloff was a li- little bit better without. Uh, look, Niskanen's always kind of had an up and down sort of career. Um, yeah. You know, he, he, the year, you know, the year of the you know, cup run, obviously, his number, his numbers were, were strangely off the charts, ridiculous. Um, like just, you know, it's like you, you sit there and go, how, how is this even, even possible? 
And even his numbers, defensive zone-wise, dipped a lot in the last three to four seasons. He was 45% or below in, in the offensive zone three of the last four years. And last year is when it started to suffer. Um, you, you notice the steps, little steps slower. Uh, um, forwards were getting by him more frequently. Even slower forwards were getting by him a little bit more frequently than usual. Now, these are things that can be worked on in the, in, in the offseason. So it's not, it's not like if the sky is falling here. It's just he is going to have to be deployed in a different way in Philadelphia than he was in Washington. I don't, I don't think he can play 22 minutes a whole entire season and expect good results. If you play him, say, 20 minutes a night, you could get the Niskin from a, couple, from a few years ago. Otherwise... I kind of think that that could be in store. In, I mean, the Flyers have an abundance of you know, NHL-caliber defensemen, I think, right now. Uh, they have about six, seven, eight guys that can, that can play in the top six. Um, what, not to change the subject here, what I'm interested to find out, because uh, like we mentioned earlier, they only have one goalie. Uh, have you heard anything at all about you know, goaltenders that Chuck Fletcher may be interested in or has talked to? To, to kind of tandem with Carter Hart for the next year or two? Yeah, right now, as of now, very quiet. Huh. Extremely quiet on that front. Uh, Cam Talbot is rumored right now to be going headed to Cal- Calgary mm-hmm. uh, as the backup uh, or to be competing for the num- number one spot, depending on you know, one, one's philosophy on what, what the goaltending goal chaos situation is in. in, in that side, the red side. Yeah, it's a mess up there. Yeah, Smith is Smith is done. Uh, Talbot's definitely not coming back to Philadelphia. That that seems to have been um, long determined. And, and what you have after that is just a series of players that are basically waiting for dominoes to fall, all in the hopes of backing up one Carter Hart. That's really it's it's just it's just a state of utter. Stagnation, right now, with the, with the goaltending situation in Philly and a few other places for for that reason. I mean, look, Carolina had to make a trade just so they had a signed goalie under contract. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I mean, as as you know, a Flyers fan, and and we are, uh, Carter Hart's twenty twenty one years old. I'm not sure. I mean, I'm I'm extremely excited for Carter Hart. Again, though, he's he's young. Uh, I'm not sure if he's ready to take on a full 60, 65 game workload. And the way it sounds is there, there's not anybody out there who, who can really tandem up, be like a kind of co-starter, if you will. You know what I mean? Um, so I'm, I'm a little worried about that. It sounds like they may have to make some form of trade or, 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 or something along those lines, no? They're going to have to do. They're going to have to make a move. Uh, whether well, I, I think it's going to ultimately be a trade. I, I can't see free agent wise. I mean, I, I'm looking. I'm looking at this now, and it's just like, no, no, that don't look good. That don't look good. No. That that really is off. Miller, Miller resigned with Anaheim of all teams, which kind of surprised me a little bit, just because. Yeah, you ain't gonna be playing much <laughs> remember, right there. Yeah, yeah, you gotta remember the trade deadline. He was all but sure going to San Jose and then maybe coming back. Mm-hmm. And that, never happened at all 
not only did it did not happen, it, it blew up in a lot of rumor people's disastrous results. So, I mean, I'm looking at it this way. You're going, in Philadelphia, you're sadly going to have to wait a good bit for things to shake out. That's the problem. Seems that way. Um, moving on real quick, because re- before we wrap up, we're coming up on a, a half an hour here with you, Chris. Uh, appreciate your time, of course. Um, Shane Costaspair, been in rumors, I don't know, it seems forever. Anything floating around about him still? You know, now that they, they have about six or seven guys that can play on the roster, uh, my perspective, uh, I think I would like them to keep them now that they brought in some older guys. Is there still rumors floating around about uh, Shane Gossespierre? There's been a few rumors floating around, a couple potential destinations out out the Western Conference, but nothing <coughs> just GM's just shooting the breeze. It's not... Um, there's nothing concrete to them at all. Interesting. It, it, does, it does seem that Philadelphia, right as of this moment, is content with keeping Gustav's Bear on board. Okay. Uh, any? Is there any way you can maybe uh, say say a couple of those teams there? there? There's one in Calgary that's kicking the tire. Calgary is kicking the tires right now. At this Interesting. Point. You know what? That's interesting because he could be a he could be a fit out there. Um. All right. So I mean, that's that's kind of juicy. I mean, uh, you know, before we wrap up, what's what's the juiciest rumor floating around right now? Uh the juicy, the juiciest, the juiciest. We know you got it. Can you say uh, it? You're not gonna like this one if you're if you're a Rangers fan. That's for sure. Ah, uh, they don't. Don't worry. Nobody that listens is a Rangers fan. That's for sure. <laughs> that we know. Is <laughs> it? Basically, from the files of the team that um, known as um, somebody other than Lou pulling the purse strings. Uh, look, the, the Islanders are absolutely prepared to try and go for a Panarin Bobrovsky package deal. Wow, they they, re- they really are. I know I know people are centering in on Panarin, but they actually do want Bobrovsky as well. It's why kind of it's not that the talks with Laner have been have been slow. It's more that they've just been focusing on not just pandering, but they, they, they're worried that Laner is a one-year fluke. They are. I, I, I know that anytime you talk to somebody from the Islanders brass, they'll say, no, 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 it's, it's fine. You know, we're just going through a normal series of negotiations. No. They, 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 they want to make a huge splash. They want to make a big impact. And, and this is the way to do it. Um, I, I would not be shocked if it comes out that at some point the Islands just offer a boatload of money to Panarin. I mean, he, he's it, kind of the player that they need up there right now. They don't really they, have any flashy guys like that. Yeah, they they don't because when you when you look at you know on their wing for first line, it's like okay, nice nice players, nice players. You have Matthew Bars, Barzal, obviously. Uh, you know, had a little chemistry with Jordan Everly. Everly Ever really looked like the player that we were expecting all along in uh, Long Island in the playoffs. He had nine points in eight games. He, he looked like the guy uh, at, at long last. So, but they have concerns that can he do that over the course of an entire season? They know Panarin can. 
it, it comes down to you know best fit. They know that they need they need a power play presence because it went absolutely belly up at times during the regular season, and that's a team that it doesn't take much for them to go from a hundred point team to a eighty point team very fast again. That's it's the nature of the business in the NHL. It doesn't, doesn't take long for you to swing up and then swing quickly back down. Hey, I, I know you said New York Rangers fans would be pissed off, but I mean, if, if the Islanders went from 100 points to 80 points, I think uh, we'd be pretty happy about that here in Philly, too. And uh, New Jersey uh, as well, for that matter. Oh, well, they'd be happy. But they won't, <laughs> they, won't be happy, they won't be happy if they somehow manage to land both Panner and Bobrovsky, that's for sure. No, that, that would be terrible, especially with the moves New Jersey, New York. I mean, it seems like everybody's coming up in the Metro. The, the, the Hurricanes are making some moves. Um, from the sounds of it, it sounds like Columbus could be, I mean, I, I know you said they have prospects and things, but they're losing some pretty, pretty core pieces there in a the goaltender and top scorer. Um, uh, we didn't really touch on the Capitals as much, you know, they're, they're kind of standing pat. Done, yeah. Capitals have not done much at all. Yeah. And to be honest, they're really not in a position to do, to do much. Um, they, they, you know, they put themselves in a little bit of a cap hole. To sign Carl Hagelin of all people, but okay. <laughs> um, it's look, Carl Hagelin, nice enough player, creates space, does a lot of good things, but not enough to warrant a four four year contract. That's not, just no, not not gonna. Yeah, I was surprised does, by that too. Does, does, doesn't doesn't sit quite well. I mean, the good thing is obviously they, they have a decent defensive core. Uh, Nick Jensen was an excellent was criminally underrated signing for them. I mean. Four, year, four years and ten million for a guy that can play shutdown defense and not look out of place in the league is, is excellent that's, in the language. That's the guy they got from Detroit at the deadline, wasn't it? Yep, stolen for basically not all that much. Yeah, and then uh, another team that you know everybody hates to talk about uh, move the defenseman before we finish up. I mean, actually, you know what? I don't even really want it. To, I mean, the Penguins, they made a move. It seems like they're trying to move Phil Castle still. Anything going on with that? Is he going to yeah, be a Penguin? Yeah, the question I have to know is the Simmons, this Pittsburgh, is there any truth behind that? There's a, there are some legs to it. They, they are trying to, work, they're trying to work on a contract, but the problem is it's – look, Simmons wants a longer-term deal. The Penguins do not. And until that changes, he's probably going to another team. Somebody, somebody is going to give him a four, four or five year deal. Wow! So we'll, we'll go Turn down the PG Center. <laughs> I, I know. Look, look, Kyle will there. too. He will. Look, it's bad. <laughs> Somebody's going to give Tyler Myers damn close to seven billion a year. Yeah. I mean, that that was the piece that's actually going up tomorrow for my my NHL trade rumors is don't freaking pay Tyler Myers seven million dollars. Christ, man. I mean, I should just just put it in the title. Don't pay Tyler Mox. Just say no to drugs. I mean, it's, <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> I think that's really all we cared about with Pittsburgh, to be honest with you, because Simmons is so beloved here. So to hear that him to Pittsburgh was an actual possibility, you know, even though we know it was time to move on from him, was it still had me shaking in my boots because it's Simmons. Like we don't, we don't want that. And there were, yeah, I'm not surprised you said there were some legs to it because I heard one too many rumors about it. Yeah, usually when you hear a few few in a row uh, in quick succession, yeah, there, there, there's there's something to it, and you, you don't sometimes you just don't want to admit it. 
you don't even want to you don't want to stomach it and it's just it's like uh really that's like my life right there actually this actually has something to it <laughs> All right, man. I mean, it's, we've been going on about 40 minutes here. Do you, do you have any plugs before we wrap up, Chris? I always, as, as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Chris Wassel DFS. Uh, you can you can check out uh, my NHL trade rumors. We're, we're we're still going strong at least till the second or third week of July, and, and then Mark Mark and I are going to sleep. So that means Jim, we will we will get this podcast set up. We'll actually have time to finally. Um, <laughs> All, all Mark, all, all Mark needs to do is get the goddamn logo, logo and avatar to me, which he's been working on. on it. Um, all, all, jo- all joking aside, Mark, Mark is one of the one of the best in the in the, in the industry. Mm-hmm. Obviously, working with him and working with Lyle Richardson of uh, Vectors Hockey, uh, we we do some stuff for him too. And of course, don't forget, I, I do a li- little thing on USA Today. Sportsbook, Sportsbook Wire, uh, Jim. We, we do uh, everything from baseball to uh, World Cup betting. And come come the fall, of course, football, college football, hockey, and, and who knows, maybe back in the winter again, Australian rules football betting props. <laughs> there you go, man. Chris Wassel, jack of all trades. Uh, we have you for Dauber Prospects and my NHL trade rumors. If, if you guys haven't been on that site yet, Make sure you check it out. They have the, the best writers. They're always up to date with their um, trade rumors, articles. Um, Chris, thanks so much for coming on, man. Always a pleasure. Now, hopefully we talk soon. Thank you, guys, as always. All right, man. Have a good night. Good night. All right, guys. So let's digest what you know Chris kind of gave us there. And there's a lot to talk about. Let's, let's talk a little bit about what's going on with you know the New York Islanders. If they are going after... Artemi Panarin and and Sergei Bobrovsky. I mean that sucks. Number one, but what happens with Robin Lehner? Like, could it, could he be a possibility for the Flyers? Do you think? Personally, I uh, I think Kyle's going to agree with me on this. I think he priced himself out. While the Islanders may view him as Chris was saying as a one year wonder, he played too well. He's gonna somebody's gonna say, and he's gonna get number one money from somebody. And even if we did want him, I don't think we have the money. So, uh, yeah, it makes sense for the Islanders to try to get Panarin and Bob. That would be great for them. Bob has been good over multiple years. Panarin's a stud. And if they don't believe in Laner, you know, I don't, I can't 100% blame uh, And they also got Bryce. If everything falls through, they, they're not like, it's not like they have nobody. And this is why I think they're not going to resign uh, uh, Lee either. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, Laner. Um, I think Laner at this point, it looks like he will hit free agency, and I can see him going to Carolina. I get, I don't know for how much. I think that he'd be like the last top goalie to sign. I think people are going to see if they can get a deal on him. That, that's wrong. And now, I'm 100 percent with you, dude. He priced himself right out of the backup market. I mean, he had a good year last year. I mean, as shitty as that is, because they're just fucking Robin Leonard, let's be honest. Yeah, I mean, he was a run-up in the, in the Vesna. He was like, what was but he's he, not, two or three, you know? He's not going to do that again. There's, he's agree. not going to do that again. But he, somebody's going to pay him 4 to $5 million a year, probably for two to three years. So you're saying Robin Leonard on a two-year contract I mean, making $4 million a year is no good? Not, not as a backup. Well, he's not, not under our cap situation. Well, technically, he's not a backup, though. 
What? Let's say he comes in here and he plays 40, 45 games. He's not necessarily a backup. Yeah, even as a 1B. Even as a even as a 1B. The guy was in the running for the Vesna. I mean, guys like in, in these young still. like And the, people have been waiting for this guy to... While you, we all might think that it's a one-year wonder... We, there's no like in negotiations. You can't really use that as a, a tactic. You can say I want to see it again, but he he was a starter in Buffalo. He, left, he was okay there. He left there, went to the island, a Vesna runner-up style of year, and now he's a free agent. Guys, we know guys get overpaid. Look what Kevin Hayes got. He had 55 points. Robin Lander is a goalie. And was a Vesna finalist. Like he, I don't know if he'll get seven million, but he ain't signed. You know, backup money. You know what I mean? Like he's gonna get, he's gonna get paid. I feel like you have something you want to add, Kyle? What? It's just the Flyers aren't gonna pay for that. Well, I don't know. Then again, Chuck may pay for it. Who knows? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be flat out honest here. If I would absolutely give Robin Lanner two years, four point five million to play forty games a where year. Are four, where are you getting that four million from? If it's in the cap, I'm, I'm giving it to him. Oh, I would too. I just I don't think he wants that. He wants long term commitment, and he wants more money. He wants both. You know, and, and he's not hundred percent wrong for asking for it because he did have a really good year. I mean. Seriously, when you put the two players up against each other, uh, Hayes and Laner, like, why is Hayes, after one year of scoring over 20 goals and one year of 55 points, why is he worth seven years, seven point whatever, and he's only a second-line center, where Robert Laner's a starting goal who had a Vesna, it's not like Hayes had a heart runner-up style of, or a Selkie runner-up style of year, you know, Dates, Islanders went to the you know, playoffs, almost won a division, swept Pittsburgh. You know, he was not part of the reason why. It wasn't all him, and Grice had something to say about that. But, like, why is Hayes worth what he's worth, but Laner's not worth, you know, more years and more money? That If I'm that agent, I think that's one hell of an argument I could give a GM, and I'd be, I would really want to hear the rebuttal on that. Two different positions. It's kind of hard to... Well, would you argue that goalie's more important than a second line? Seven? Yeah, but I would also argue that I need to see more consistency out of a goalie before I pay him. I see defensive well, consistently. Yeah, but I see defensive consistently out of Hayes since he came into the league. Defensively, yeah. As a two-way player, absolutely. Looking for I, don't know. I don't know if it's worth what we paid Hayes, but yeah. as a Overpaid. I mean, I think we're all in agreement that we overpaid Hayes. But it's that's free agency. So if Flanner reaches free agency, we're talking about over. So he's I, anything under five million would shock me, honest to God. And I honestly think you should get more than around five years as well. He's pretty young. I don't think he's that old. I like him. I just had my clothes. Oh, I do too. I do too. I just as far as backups concerned. I don't see it happening. Uh, so this is kind of my take here. I'm wondering. I know he just had a, a great year. You know, we know he's had troubles in the past. I'm wondering if he's a guy who, and I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying that they should play on on any kind of illness or or his. You know, him being grateful to, to still be in the lead type of thing. 
<clears throat> but I'm wondering if, you know, he's just grateful to still be in the league. I'm wondering if he's like, oh, you know what, you want to offer me 3.5, 4, 4. I'm sure he's going to take the most money, don't get me wrong. But I'm, I'm wondering if, you know, hey, we'll, we'll, give, you, we'll give you 4.5 to play half a season and, and hang out with Carter Hart, you know, for, for two years. That's, eight, that's $9 million for playing 82 games, let's say, you know? I mean, if that – his agent would have to really – I mean, he wasn't that bad in Buffalo. That team was terrible. He played admirably. Flyers were interested in him then. He goes to the Islanders, and a lot of that was trots. You know, I'll be honest. He turned that team around, especially defensively. But – you know, I'm telling you, the fact that you can put Vesna finalists in his like accomplishments mm-hmm. will go a long, long way. Mm-hmm. Not to mention when he was with Ottawa, like people, the people around the league thought he had talent. Like they were just waiting for him to break out. So there's a team who might think he's a one-hit wonder, like the Islanders. There might be another team who thinks that he broke out, and the fact the Islanders are making a dumb move. He played too well last year for him to not get paid this year. And it's the Flyers didn't have Carter Hart. We were still like, oh, shit, what are we doing, Ball? This would be my number one target over hate. I didn't even expect Leonard to reach for But the fact that the Islanders are worried about him and the fact that a guy like Bob will be available, which is kind of rare, these kind of franchise goalies don't hit the open market. He just happened to because they don't want to play in Columbus. So, you know, it's Bob. Not by far. He's better than anybody else. Out, or he's more desirable than anybody else out there right now. And I understand where you're coming from. But he just, he just flat out played too well. And he's too for him to get low-balled like that. Some team, probably if Calgary might even wait out. They're not going to sign Talbot or somebody. They're like, well, listen, if nobody's going to take Laner seriously, we will. Because we're a goalie away from being a serious playoff contender. We have all the other pieces. So if we can get him on a deal or help, we can get him a, for value. We're going to do that. because he, And they like their coach there. They like their defense. And I'm sure other teams do. He, he, if, certain, if, if certain goalies I've seen get paid, and this it goes with any position of a one-year wonders, I truly believe. And I don't know if he'll get what Hayes got, but he'll get some. I, I, I truly believe that. All right. I mean, I mean, fair enough. It's it's a far, sh- it's a if you know a long shot that they do anything for Laner anyway. But you know, something to think about with with the Islanders supposedly going after Panarin and Bobrovsky. Um, another thing that you know Chris mentioned uh, was was gossip spare rumors to to the Calgary Flames. I mean, we heard Calgary a little bit during the tr- uh, trade deadline for Wayne Simmons. Um, now we're hearing they could be in on gossip spare. He also mentioned that things have quieted down a little bit after making all these moves. Um, do you guys still want to see Gossip Spare go? Good, uh, see, I don't know, man. If you move him, you're going to get a, a pretty good return for him. I don't know what they're going to get from Calgary looking at their roster right now. I don't see anything that stands out to me unless they're going to go after, like, Sam Bennett or Matt. Matthew Kachuk. I don't. <laughs> nothing really raises my interest all that much. You know what I mean? Um, I keep him for right now, but you got to do something else with the fucking Flyers defense because holy log jam. 
you got eight guys right now. What what are you what are you gonna sit two defensemen all year long? Uh, I don't no, think I, I, think I, I agree. I completely agree with Kyle on that. I on all fronts. Like I don't understand what Calgary can offer us now that we haven't already addressed. Like the rumor before was, I believe uh, Bennett, who was a center, correct? So if we've well, he's, addressed, he's listed as a right wing center, left wing. Okay, so he's he can play whatever. But you know, like that was the thing we needed to fill that third line center. Well, we signed a second line center, bumped our second line center down to the third. We're covered there. Not to mention we have prospects. So I don't know what Calgary could really offer us unless if we were just trying to get rid of ghosts to get rid. Of to go, I don't know, maybe Havanick plus. I don't, I've heard that he might be on his way out there. I don't see a fit. Ghost contract's too good. You are trading him devalued, and you don't want to do that. You want to trade him when he's got more value. Now, the the team that Wassel didn't bring up that surprised me was the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like, they've been interested ever since the get-go. And, you know, we, I've heard Nylander, I've heard Kadri. Like, either of those names make sense. I don't know about all the pieces involved. But I, the thing is, there's there's centers, so I, I don't know where that's a fit either. Uh, I would lean towards Nylander, but now look at that cap hit. Like, is that going to be doable? I don't think so. Uh, at this point, I think they might ship out Hag for whatever, and Moran might be your seventh, and you just go from there. I don't see a fit, and I hope they don't just trade him for the sake Can of trading him, because then they'll lose the trade. So I, I think so. Let's just say let's just say they keep Ghost. And they trade Hag, and you have Morin as your seventh. With trading Hartman the other day, holy shit, this team is absolutely bleeding grit. They have none right now. And you're no not wrong. And, and yeah, we traded Hag, who led the league in hits for the last two seasons. I'm sure that carries a lot of merit. Uh, but yeah, there well, is. In, 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 in the grit category, it does. But if you don't play Morin, you have nobody. Plus, I'm saying, like, even, even Hags, even Hags' hits were, like, weak. You know what I mean? So, like, we were, the yeah, Gudis is gone. Yeah, you're right. We don't have a whole lot of grit at all. And, I mean, Konechny's too small to carry that load, as fiery as he is. So, yeah, yeah I mean, no yeah, I, I don't know. Second, there's nobody on our second line that hits at all. Like, like Niskin is going over with a gust of wind. So you got to hope that, you know, Braun, if he's a defensive defenseman, has some kind of grip. But other than that, you don't have a whole lot. Uh, the one guy we got from Dallas, I hear, is a uh, – he actually got, like, more offense to his game and he's, like, defensively responsible. But that's that's really about it. Uh, and I, while we're on so, the subjects, while we're on the subjects, what did you guys think of that trade? Well, Dallas let Hartman go. They did? Yeah, they, they didn't qual- tender him qualifying offer. They said they're releasing him. So they they did all that to get rid of $1 million off their cap? Correct. So if Hartman's a free agent, that is strange to me. Maybe maybe somebody did get a hold of him or his agent, and his demands were just too high. Is that, that's really that's what strange. I'm thinking. That's the only thing I'm leaning to. Is he, he, wants over, he wants yeah. two five plus. 2.5 the only thing I can think of. I'm like, wait, what? You've done nothing. I didn't. He have, I know he had like a one-year, twenty-goal season. Yeah, he played with Patrick Kane. Exactly. Yeah, and last year he I could have twenty had, goals. I played with Patrick Kane. Just what the fuck? No, you he couldn't. He away from Patrick Kane. He 
guess he played 83 games last year, 12 goals, 14 assists, or 26 points. So he went from over 20 goals or more to barely over 26, uh, barely over 20 points. Like that's that's ridiculous. Yeah, he only had 20 goals, 31 assists. So for or oh no, no yeah, 19 goals, 12 assists for 31 points, and he he uh, tied his point total the next year for the most part. Uh, no, he went to Nashville, so he had yeah, it looks like he had 31 points. 26, so he dropped in points. Definitely dropped. His goal drop has dropped off completely. So, yeah, I, I don't know what he's thinking. This must be part of this RFA move, movement where they all think they can just have one or two good years in the league and ask for top dollar, which is completely bogus to me. But um, So, uh, maybe if, that, if that's truly the case, then they well, then they had to move him. I, I would prefer to pick other than a player because I'd rather see our, our young guys come up but we'll see. You know, I really don't know. But I don't know. So everything I've read, everything I've read on this kid we picked up, the Petlek kid, well, he's not yeah. really a kid. He's 27. Um, everything I read was uh, defensively responsible. He will throw hits, but it's not really his game, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, he has injury issues. So he does get, he does start to get bumped up the lineup because he does play very well. But as he goes up the lineup, they say that he gets hurt. The increase in minutes gets him hurt. So I don't know where he's going to slot. Fourth line, he's going to have to, right? Well, then where, who's your third line winger? We're still at the same problem we had. And to be honest, if we were going to move somebody up, I would have preferred Hartmut over this new guy. So, I mean, hey, I mean, if it's Farabee or Frost, I'm not, I'm definitely not against that, but. I, I would be shocked if that's where this uh, management, if they went with that. I, did, I don't, I don't think, know. I don't it know. didn't seem I like them. You know, unless, unless Fletcher looked at the cap, which I've been saying for weeks now, and realized how he filled it up real quick, and how, like, the future is a little dim and doesn't have as much money as he might thought he had. And like, well, I might as well see what I have in the kids, and it's an open competition. Maybe that's the case, or maybe he's waiting for something better to come along, or maybe he's waiting for free agency when all the dust settles and the Panarins and Duchesne sign, and he's trying to get a deal on somebody. I'm not sure who that would be, but you never know. And now, I don't know if you guys seen, and obviously it's a little off topic, but Frost came in a development camp at 187 pounds. Yeah, and he, he wants to get to 190 before the season starts. That's 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 NHL size. Hey, maybe there's something there. You guys you think know, think it's gonna be between Farabee and Frost battling out for that for that third I line think spot? So. I hope. I so. think they, they need to work. I think they need to work on Ratcliffe's physical game because he plays such a soft OHL game that he's gonna learn real fast in the AHL. You cannot be that soft on the puck. <laughs> Because you're you're playing against grown men. He's been playing against kids now for three, four, four years, right? In the juniors, five years now. Uh, you, you're not going to be able to come up into a pro league and have like obviously in juniors when you're getting bumped by a guy who's five eight, five nine, but he's only weighs 170 pounds. You're not going to get knocked off the puck when you're going up into the the AHL. And you get hit by a guy who's five nine. He's two. He's damn near two hundred pounds. He's going to try to knock you off that puck. Yeah, I mean, 
I hope so. I mean, I hope he can use his elusiveness and some of that speed and, you know, because that's where the league is going nowadays. But uh, whatever he was doing in juniors, just put up the numbers he was putting up. I hope he brings some of that with him because I really don't care which player it is. I just hope it's a young guy and we can see at the NHL level what we have with these kids. As I'm looking at I'm looking at Pitney's stats, and really outside of 2017-18, it's very piss poor. You know, like his first two, he took he scored three goals in his first two seasons. You know what I'm games, thinking? But I'm thinking Knack's going to be up, and then a prospect's going to fill the third line role. Knack will be on the fourth. That Pitlick will be a scratch. Yeah, I mean, I'm not against it. I want to see all Kubel. He's got scoring touch. Um, maybe, you know, move some. The lineup is ever changing, so he'll get some time with some of the more talented players to see what he has. But yeah, if it is a prospect. I mean, what is the point? And he brings Brit. Yeah, he does. He had all those suspensions and all that. And I know that was brought on because they told him to hit a little bit more, so he probably went a little out of his way. But that being said, he still did it. Um, I'm hoping. Uh, you know, I mean, yeah, hopefully you're right. Uh, the one thing I do like about Tyler Picklet is he uh, he scores. Like, he's uh, he's got, he's he has more goals in all of his uh, playing time than he does assists, which is kind of rare. 33 goals, 20 assists in five seasons, 185 games. Like, he's got a lot more goals than he does assists, almost seven goals short of being double, which is kind of surprising. And, that being said, I understand he's a bottom six player. If that, he's not going to give you a whole lot. Uh, but hey, you know, maybe if your team is a little bit of a drought, and he's your he's up in the press box. You can pop him in the lineup and put him somewhere. Uh, that being said, yeah, I want to see Frost, Faraby, Ob Kubel, and God knows who else they want to give a shot to. Um, but a lot of signs point to uh, Fletcher not being done. We don't know what's going on with defense. So we're missing a backup goalie and a third-line winger, depending on what they decide to do with that. So uh, I, I have to throw this question out to both of you guys. Um, do you think we do stick with the roster we have and we let the defenseman battle it out and maybe trade Hag for a, thir- a third or something uh, and let the young guys take over the third-line winger and – put this pit lick or Bob Kubel on the fourth line? Or do you think something major happens? Like, what do you guys think? Okay, Kyle. I don't think anything major is going to happen from this point forward unless Ghost gets moved. And then I think you're going to see a half-decent piece come back. I think if Ghost gets moved, it'll be after your top UFA defenseman gets signed and a team's desperate to put somebody on, which obviously is going to raise Ghost's profile. But I can't. You got to do something with the defense at this point. I mean, you ha, you cannot sit two NHL defensemen, especially. I mean, Sam Morin has been here for a year now, and he's played in three or four games. Like this is ridiculous. Either we're going to play him or do something with him. There is absolutely no point in holding on to him for no reason. No, that's a good point in the sense that um, I do think once Tyler Myers and Jake Gardner and maybe a few other guys are off the board and there's other teams looking for defense, maybe we do get a nice deal. I don't know if they're looking for Hag, Moran, or, or Ghost. Probably Ghost, but we'll see. So let me before I move on to Jimmy, let me ask you, what would you put the percentage as the Flyers do move Ghost? 50-50 at this point. 
Okay, that's right. I mean, it might sound, not sound like it, but that's kind of high. I mean, it's a flip of a coin right there. Uh, I would Jimmy, say 50-50. I mean, you really don't have it. You're you're in a log jam, and you, Hag doesn't hold much value, and Ghost holds more value than both of them combined. And on right? top of that, yeah. No, I mean, yeah. And on top of that, if you're Fletcher, we've already heard reports that he's not big on Ghost. You've essentially passed it. Over two top ten players to draft his replacement, what it seems like. Maybe a better version. We'll see. So, yeah, I mean, it seems like Fletcher is not a big Ghost fan. So, uh, Jimmy, what do you think? I don't know. I, I think, you know, I'm looking at the roster now. The the, the top 12, the, the you know, the offense seems pretty much set here, right? Um, they get Scott Lawton under contract. They get Travis Konechny under contract. Um, let's let's say Konechny. I'm just going to throw out a high number just to throw it out there. Let's say Konechny gets $5 million a year for however many years. Let's say Lawton gets $2 million. That's $7 million locked up. And then uh, we get to Ivan Provorov. And let's say, let's just go high again. Let's say he gets 6 We're at 11 We're at $13 million out of a, a possible $17 million to spend. And we still need a backup goalie. And, uh, and a, a, what is it, a third-line right winger we're talking about here. Um... You know, and then we have Robert Haig, who's making 1.15. Uh, I, I'm not going to be surprised here if, if they see him, if, if he gets moved. You know, we're talking about a draft pick, and I think that would make sense. Uh, you know, I think he could probably bring back a lower-tier third-line player or a lower or, or a higher-tier fourth-line player. Um, but, it, you know, and that's fine. And you still have the competition between Frost and Farabee to see who can make... Because you want the kids to play to make the roster. You don't want to just hand them the spot. At least I don't think. Um, and I'm not sure having them play with Scotty Lawton and... Uh, or I'm sorry, who's on that third line? Patrick and... Um, give me the left one. Is it Lindblom? Lindblom. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I want them playing with those guys yet. You know, make them earn the spot and, and sign, a, sign a gritty veteran. I mean, I, you mentioned it earlier, Kyle. The team's missing grit. Move, move Haig and, and bring in a guy that, that, you know, will fire everybody up because I'm looking at the roster and it's a soft fucking roster. Like, if we're, if we're looking at it, like, nobody even, besides connecting, maybe Scotty Lawton, like, who's going to get guys fired up? I, I feel like, uh, like Voracek kind of has, uh, maybe he gets fired up, but he, he has that look where he's like, uh, he's blaming you for something when he looks at you like that. That wouldn't fire me up. You know what I mean? You know the look I'm talking about? That millennial look where it's everybody else's fault. <laughs> that's, that's the look. It's like, dude, I'm doing all I can. Now where are you while I'm scoring 60 points a season? You know what I'm saying? Um, mm-hmm. So I think the smart if, – if I was Chuck Fletcher and he still has uh, – you know, I'm looking at picks for next year. He's got two fourth-round picks. You know, throw in a fourth-round pick in Hague and Hagen and bring in a, a decent third-line guy that's going to get get everybody riled up a little bit. That not a, He's not a free – Right, yeah, somebody that can throw them and somebody that can, uh, you know, get horned up maybe once in a while, throw some body checks, you know, because I don't know who's going to be hitting anybody on this team. I really don't. That's that's what I would like to see done. I think, you know, I think Ghost stays, uh, you know, there is too much potential. He's signed for four more years. Um, I, I really am interested to see how these older guys, if they can help him out, if if these coaches can help him out. If they can't, then we still have the trade deadline. Let's see what happens there. Um, you know, after after the let's just say that those deals happen with Law and Konechny and Provorov, the Flyers are going to have about four million, five million left to bring in a backup. You know, if I guess if they move Hag, depending on what the guy, 
you know, who's uh, they bring back is making. It should probably still be around the same money wise. They're they're not going to have a lot left over to to bring in a goalie. They're really not. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I I don't think they're going to do anything crazy though. I I just don't. Um, if they do move Ghost, I mean, the four million, four point five for the next four years. Like Kyle said, they should get something decent back. But how much money is that guy going to be making? And are they still going to be in the same position? That, like, are they going to bring in a decent goalie? They're going to bring in some scrap. Because uh, I, I don't. I would rather them sign a guy that can play in forty to forty-five games more than I want them to trade Ghost to bring in a winger at this point. Which a couple weeks ago, even I, I don't think I would have said that. No, I agree with you. I think they should. If they do go back up goalie like that, they should get a guy who's just come off of being a starter. You know, like they. You know, maybe Elliot can do that if he's the back backup and not the starter. Uh, for whatever reason, it sounds like Talbot's out of here, which is so strange and something we'll have to talk about later. And just I have no idea why we traded for the guy, played two games, and that that's all she wrote. Like it just blows my mind how poorly mismanaged that was. But, you know, maybe there's a guy like um, Mike Smith or something like that who was a starter, who's been playing poorly. He's been a, a system goalie with good defense and all that. And now starting, even with that, it's starting to show he can't really do it anymore. So he comes here and says, yeah, I want to be a 1B one, a one or 1A. I want to mentor hard and I want to try to compete or what have you. But it's still going to come down to the contract. And, we're we're gonna have to see what these guys want, and we might not end up with the goalie that we really like. And that we'll have to see how it goes. Ultimately, we got the most talented guy at goalie now, regardless of what he's making. But how many games he plays is a concern, and I'm really curious to see what Flesher does. Can I chime in on the goalie situation? Yes, Honestly, at this point, if uh, Talbot's gone, I would just bring back Elliot. God damn it! I'm not I against at it. this. At, at this point, I would just bring back Elliot. You know he's going to take not necessarily a hometown discount, but you're not going to get over $2 million for the guy. So he fits. Am I right? And you got us. This is just personal opinion. I believe you have a stud down at the Phantoms. Say his name. Uh, say Instrum, right? Yeah. He's playing next year with the Phantoms. Yeah. Ustamenko is going to be there as well, I believe. Ustamenko, yeah, that's like that's not well, they, they were saying is going to go down to the ECHL first. Okay. Yeah, they they got a log jam with uh, Sandstrom. Correct. And so I mean, I don't think I don't think Sandstrom's going to win anything out of camp, obviously, because you just you you really don't win goalie positions out of camp because it's camp. It's not unless you're coming in and shutting out every single team that you play, you're not going to win a position. And I don't think he should be a backup by any means. But you do have options now to call up to the club that are ready to play a game or two at the NHL level, in my personal opinion. I mean, obviously, it's a small sample size, but Santrum had like a 941 save percentage in the first two games or the only two games he played with the Phantoms last year. And the Phantoms were horrible come the end of the year. That's an interesting outside of the box take, but the crazy part is I'm not against it. Like that could definitely happen, and what a great scenario that would be. Uh, it almost makes me hope that they do sign a guy for one year. Maybe, maybe Elliot is that guy, and it's a one year deal with the idea, the organizational idea that uh, Sandstrom is the guy that sh- you know he oh, he showed us something here. Let's bring him up. 
We'll wait the year out. Out goes Elliott. Used to make go goes to the Phantoms. Now you got Hart and Sandstrom as your one two. And not only that, it's a pretty cheap one too. Um, and Elliot also makes sense in the regard that he's been here for as long as he has. He has had injury issues, but that's when he's played like 27 games in a row. Thank you, Dave Haxtell. And um, I mean, also we trade for Talbot, and Elliot played a majority of the game. So like, there has to be a reason for that. But, you know, not, we were like joking that oh, they're doing him a favor. They're going to sign Talbot. They're just uh, letting uh, Elliott show his skills so when he hits free agency, teams like, no, he can still play. Well, that obviously can't be the case. So uh, ideally, if they sign Elliott on a one-year deal, hope that uh, Sandstrom overtakes him. And then going into next year, like I was saying, Hart, Sandstrom, used to make Co Loin, and Phantoms, like, and he let Elliott walk. That's not that crazy, and you save a lot of money. So uh, I got to say, I like where your head's at. I'm not thinking Sandstrom's going to overtake Elliott by any means. But what I'm saying is you have Sandstrom down there. He's proved he can – I mean, he was playing in the elite league in in Sweden, right? I mean, he's playing in a professional hockey hockey league. This dude can stop pucks. So you have an option. If Elliott goes down, you can bring him up. Like last year when everybody's going down, but you have a bunch of pretty much B fucking goalies that none of them really are all that good. So when your top one went down until they brought Ellie or until they brought Hart up, you were pretty much screwed. Yeah, no, and it's like it's a backup goalie, so overtake might not be the right word, but like it might just be sufficient and they did go out of their way to, to sign Ustamenko to an entry-level deal, and you don't want to burn that with him in the ECHL. But basically, we're on the same page, and, you know, maybe that is the route they go. If, they, if it's not Elliot, maybe it's somebody else on a one-year deal. But they got too many prospects, and those prospects are ready to come home to roost. So, uh, you know, maybe I think they go short-term on somebody for sure. It'll be interesting at the very least. What do you think, Jim? About the goalies? Yeah, man. Uh, just had a whole conversation. <laughs> I think uh, go get Robin Lehner for 4.5 for two years. <laughs> no, that, but that's what I would like to see them do. I, I would like to see them bring in a, a veteran guy uh, who's willing to split time with the kid. Um, he knows he's not going to be the guy here. I mean, he's going to have to be paid. He's going to have to be convinced because the situation is not ideal. I don't think that you're going to – they're not going to be able to bring in a guy unless they overpay because who wants to who wants to be a 1A, 1B? Like a starter wants to make starter money. Um, so, I mean, the, the, yeah, the situation that I – you know, with the laner thing, that was kind of, you know, a, a pipe dream. It probably won't happen, but I, I thought it was interesting. I really don't want to – say Brian Elliott because I I don't like Brian Elliott. I just don't like him. There's something about his face, his personality. You know, I want to get as many former guys off this team as possible. Uh for example, somebody mentioned bringing Simmons back on a short-term low low salary deal and I'm like, dude, I want I don't want Simmons back because he's part of the old core. You know what I'm saying? And I don't want I don't want anybody here to to think it's going to be the same spiel. So I mean, uh, I'll if bring you... Simmons back for one year, one million dollars. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
People are crazy, man. So, I, honestly, I don't know with the goalie thing. Robin Lander is an interesting name. He's a sexy name. You know, you hear names like Jake Allen and um, who's the other one that people keep saying. And I'm just like, Bleh. like I, I don't want them. I don't want to watch Jake Allen. Um, so, that's kind of my take there. I don't know what they're going to do. It should be interesting. Uh, hopefully, you know, by this time next week, Next Tuesday, we'll have some stuff to talk about. Maybe they'll have a goddamn backup goalie. Maybe Gossip Spare will be traded to Calgary. Who knows? Um, it'll all happen tomorrow because of the high and wide jinx. Yeah, maybe yeah. it'll happen tomorrow. They'll, you know what? The high and wide jinx, they'll fucking sign Brian Elliott, goddammit. So thank you. <laughs> Thanks for that, Kyle. <laughs> hey, listen, if it all works out exactly how I laid it out, then we're in pretty good shape. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I. We can wrap up. I mean, I don't mean to make it abrupt, but we're going on over... We could get close to an hour and a half tonight here. I mean, I know you guys love listening to us and everything, but, you know, we got to go to bed. We got work tomorrow. Some of us have kids, Kyle, right? Yes, sir. Uh, Any last words from Kyle and Jack? Jack and Kyle. Well, I don't mind having a long episode simply because... uh, a lot of speculation going into free agency, and with Kevin Hayes being traded for and signed, we don't have you know, that kind of stole it for us. You know, like we made our big free agent acquisition already, and then you got the trade. So this is what it is. This is what we got to talk about. Might be a boring July first for us, but hopefully we can pick up some pieces, fill some holes, and make the team better. And we got to make it better quick because the rest of the division is getting a lot better and a lot faster. Yeah, I mean, before I hand this over to Kyle, I mean, if there's one thing that we're seeing, there's one thing that Chuck Fletcher is showing us is he can fill holes and he can fill them quick, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> if, you, if you catch my drift. <laughs> Go ahead, Kyle. It's all, it's all you. I'm done. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, you make a good point. You make a really good point. Hextall took five years to clear the cap and it took Fletcher two weeks to fill it right back up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, you would have thought they brought Bobby Clark back. <laughs> I mean, at that, I mean, what else is there? I mean, uh, thanks for listening, guys. We'll wrap up. Next week should be an interesting week again. You know, between now and then, we'll see what Chucky, Chucky 2 Trades does. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Don't forget to follow our podcast account at HW underscore radio underscore we got some we got some cool stickers. So uh take a look, make sure you retweet that tweet and uh you put yourself in the running for a free sticker. We got some more cool shit coming out. We got a couple of interviews coming up uh, middle of July. Uh some interesting stuff on HW Radio. Um so for Angry Jim, Jack, Kyle, we're going to sign off and we'll talk to you guys next week. <laughs>